This interview with Sports Tribal's Chief Commercial Officer explains the dynamics of launching a fast linear service in today's complex sports licensing and CTV distribution industry. Listen on to find out more. Sports Tribal is a new free ad-funded, no-registration streaming sports service specialising in sub-premium sports. This interview with the company's Chief Commercial Officer Joe Nielsen was recorded at MediaTel's Connected TV Summit in London on May 24th, 2022. He explains what the service is, its relationship with TV platform providers and advertisers, and why Connected TV is so important to its success. My thanks to MediaTel for allowing Instagram Media to republish this interview. So I'd like to introduce Joe Nielsen. He's Chief Commercial Officer with Sports Tribal. And um, I think maybe a good, really good place to start is for you to introduce Sports Tribal because it's a pretty unique service. And no one knows about it. That right. nobody knows about. That's fine. We're a free-to-air sports streaming service. So um, a, a relatively new uh, entrant to the market. See a lot of the kind of logo decks up here that don't include us, but that's you know, we've only been in market for six months. We have 35 fast channels today, all, as the name suggests, dedicated to sports. And it's a, believe it or not, completely free, ad-funded, no registration, click, watch, view content, sports proposition. So give us a flavour of what sort of sports you have, what sort of channels are available on the service. Oh, I can tell you what we don't have, um, football, but we're, I guess you could say we're aggregating the sports that have either fell through the cracks with other services, but still represent a hugely dedicated, passionate fan base, right? So um, there's an ethereal mist of sports rights right at the top that you know, our dear friends at DAZN and the pay TV providers fight over. Um, and then there's a number of different sports that have been, you know, these really engaged fan bases, from billiards being one, we have poker, some combat sports and most sports, where as long as we deliver a strong product to them, they're hugely engaged, and that results in really significant watch times. Right. So when thinking about your service, um, I... I I was thinking about, is this the right time to introduce it? And it seems to me that you could not have introduced a service like this two years ago because the market just wasn't ready. Why is it ready now? What's different? Well, I mean, certainly what we've just said to our investors is is we hope it's ready now. Um, (laughs) Looking at all of the things in our mix, one of them is the hardware piece, and that's the proliferation, rather, of... OTT services themselves is led by the capabilities of the devices, right? So that's the start of that mix. You know this, the apps on connected TVs have been around for ages, but one of the things that was missing from that mix was the commercialization, the monetization, and then ad-funded pieces is relatively new. Um, Out of all of the rights holders within media, sports rights holders take some time, perhaps, you could say, to evolve their understanding of new models of distribution. Um, and you know, I think that's, that's started to happen. We're having some really advanced conversations with, quite frankly, you could call them tier one sports, where this is not you know, teaching them to walk on the moon. They, they, they get this. Um, and then on the audience side, I mean, what we just saw, um, 
The audience expects TVs to come hard cooked with this, and sports fans are no different to anyone else. So our proposition being baked into TVs uh, meets all of these demands. It's just about us essentially getting it right at this one point in time. It seems like TV is probably one of the biggest factors, right? We, we seem to have reached a point where the penetration of CTV in many developed markets is sufficient that you, uh, somebody that were distributing a sport through your service could have the expectation that it will be primarily delivered on TV. Is that, is, is that right? Yeah, that, that's certainly the, the agenda that we push is we're, we're not out to compete with a World Web Mobile product or environment. We're not trying to, we'll, we dare say, not trying to be a YouTube. Um, we're also conscious that sports is best viewed on a TV, right? It's, a, it's a, at least one plus environment for an audience. Sports inherently are enjoyed more on a larger screen. It helps advertisers pay more for that screen as well. So yeah, we, we, we're doubling down on that area specifically. Um, and it's, it's the ground that sports rights holders were also fighting for with the pay TV and free TV broadcasters, right? As soon as you're in, in a living room, you're pretty much legitimized, right? Mm. That's what, well, at least, that's what we believe. Yeah, and I think one of the things that's so inherent in sport is it's, it's primarily shared, or most people seem to want to watch with other people. And, being yeah. on the television is absolutely critical to be able to do that, right? Yeah, so the stats generally say that it's 1.7 people watching a TV at any point in time. Um, yeah, I'd love to see the stats that are, were around sport, but yeah, you know, generally speaking, you, could, you would assume that it's better than Love Island or any of the other kind of broad entertainment pieces, although who knows. Yeah, um, I remember a very um, a chap called Roy Sekhoff, who at the time was head of Huffington Post, he said that live, particularly on TV, was the killer for engagement. Yeah. It, it absolutely delivered engagement, and it seems like sports does the same thing. Yeah, it's, so live is you know, it's a difficult proposition to deliver, we work with our partners to, to facilitate it, but it's the best calling card, right? Whether it's fear of missing out or wanting to be abreast of uh, the latest happening in the sport they're passionate about, or quite frankly, you know, there's a sport book model around sports for betting. So the live, real time propositions key are, that's for sure. Yeah. Let's talk about the rights holders. When you go in and talk to a sports rights holder, give us a flavour for that conversation obviously you know there are some things you can't say but give us a flavor for what that conversation is like and and in particular what's the thing that gets them across the line uh, if they were maybe reluctant or unbelieving or what have you it's a good question so uh, generally speaking what we're not out to do is is take or try and challenge any other distribution that they have we look at ourselves as a complementary service so most of them will have a deal with a PTV provider or in fact actually they're a direct consumer proposition and those are great for the core enthusiast, right? They're going to go for one of those two pieces but there's this lake between of the fringe audience or the untapped audience that to all intents and purposes isn't going to pay behind a pay window to consumer, uh, isn't going to go and download a direct consumer app and go that route. So we offer a, a way to fill the funnel for new audience, that's for sure. But then even for that core, it's, it's just because of the nature of fast and a linear 24-7 channel, 
Uh, it's an always-on destination. So we find a lot of people saying, I put my sport on you know, all day and I leave it on because I've got no alternative. VOD doesn't offer me that kind of endless experience. Um, and the live lives and breathes on these platforms of broadcasters and then it disappears. So fast kind of supplements that gap to them. Mm-hmm. And when you go talk to them, do they typically have... So, so obviously they have the live games, but do they have the VOD content that they can program around it to create 24, 24 by 7 channels? Some do, some don't. Some of those rights are signed up and you know, baked into historical deals. Um, it's a quagmire of you know, how do we even get access to this from an operational perspective. Um, but yeah, there's a phenomenal amount of archive games and, and content around a lot of sports. Actually, a lot of the stuff that gets missed is the educational stuff around the sport so some of these sports are difficult to understand unless you get that kind of snackable content that helps me understand the game I'm about to see. Oh that's interesting so they're they're running you know this is what curling is about on the curling channel yeah exactly something like that yeah yeah hmm interesting okay so let's talk a little bit about the the guts of the delivery um, one of the most, I think this has come up, this came up in, in um, Midal's uh, presentations, the, the platforms are really, really important in the delivery of the experience. Um, what's it like working with the Samsung TV Pluses, the Pluto TVs, LG channels, etc.? What's it like yeah. working with them guys to, to, get, to get carriage of the content? Well, so I, I can, as a channel, I can speak about in previous roles going into those services. Um, uh, you know, they're all building out their own propositions, much like we are. So there's a phase that's been happening, which is more is better. So the conversations are relatively fluid. Um, for us, as an app, getting distribution on it within their app stores. Some of those you know, don't actually require any engagement with them. Others do, depending on you know, how we approach it. But such that we're not out to compete with them. We have channels on our service that they also have on their services, but none of them have the bouquet that we have. We're introducing another content dimension to their device. Right? So ultimately, um, it's another reason why they wouldn't navigate out of the TV uh, offered apps into something else and stay wholly within that environment. So they're, they're incredibly supportive. You know, we're agnostic. No preferential relationship with any of them, um, and yeah, it's, it's an interesting time for. And is it difficult? I mean, is it difficult to get carriage? I know that this morning we had some intimation that it was getting much more difficult for minority content to get on those platforms. <laughs> As the former distributor of uh, a fail army, you know, I think there's some challenging conversations in the future for some channels that perhaps. You could argue you need to level up with the new entrants into the market. Mm-hmm. So, Fast inherently built out of uh, content that maybe had its window or didn't make it to a window in traditional TV. But now that I would say that the big players are entering the Fast market, the expectations are, are far higher. Yeah. So I think um, those conversations are probably more challenging in the future. But uh, as long as you've got a unique proposition to bring, and you've got justification for it. I mean, Fail is a, a really good example because when you compare it on paper as a clip show channel, right, you say, well, production values, it's just user-generated content. But the watch times 
argue the counter, right? People will sit and watch it. So I think we have to separate ourselves out from our interpretation of a sport or the content and what we value it as uh, and, and actually you know, look at raw data. People watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, ads. You built your own ad platform, didn't you? I won't say we built our own ad platform. We, um, we Frankenstein patched together the different solutions in market, but essentially we were responsible for our own, uh, you could say, responsible for our own ad serving using other solutions. So they, we usually call that best in breed, not Frank, <laughs> Frankenstein, I think. Well, it is, I think the models that existed were you know, outsource that part, that yeah. problem in your business, uh, you know, subsequently take a harder hit on the commercials. Um, I came from a business that we did the counter and we built it ourselves and we you know, had a, a price for time auction agnostic of partner, you know, is your money as good as the time you're willing to fill? That's fine. Um, and we, I've just adopted that since, since coming. Yeah. So uh, talk about um, the advertisers themselves, your young service. You're not bringing massive audiences, but you're bringing very focused audiences. How does that sound to advertisers? You know, we're not having a problem filling the advertising. That's, that's uh, not our problem today. We're so young in the sense that our journey today has been proves of concept. Right? Can we actually make this thing, this idea work? Can we get rights holders to the table? Can we deliver this to audiences? Will audiences watch it? And they are, albeit discreet. The ones that we have on the service are watching to a significant proportion of their day. Right? We're in that mix. Now it's a case of let everyone else know or at least market the content to the enthusiasts of that content and fill the funnel um, it seems to be going in the right direction that's for sure yeah one of the things about live sports is that they typically have long sections of unbroken action kind of difficult to advertise to that uh, is that a problem to you and how are you thinking you would like to see it solved or how are you solving it it's, it's a problem for live, that's for sure. It's not a problem when we use past games archives. Sure, to, sure. To, to, you know, we can insert ad breaks easily. Live sports, it's a, it's a value exchange. We wouldn't want to, and we try, we'd try our best never to cover up action, is, the, is, the, uh, you know, is, is our priority. But uh, at some point, somebody's got to be paying for the experience. There's new technologies coming, which I think in the next two years mean that whether it's picture-in-picture picture or a, a way to serve advertising or brand placement, you know, whatever that might be that funds that live sport, uh, that mean that we're not actually breaking content, we're not covering anything up, we're, we're just uh, offering a new experience. Right. It, it seems like there are new ad formats out there. Yeah. Are they being used a lot? Have you been seeing them used a lot? Mm. I, I wouldn't say being used a lot. It's, it's a bit like the shift towards buying CTV. It's, it's led from the appetite from the buyers. So unless they're really, unless there's actually a volume, volume leads their interest. Um, it's difficult to kind of sell these new propositions. But I think the more platforms that are open-minded to it and, and introduce it, uh, perhaps even sell direct where they can, um, it opens up that, that, that option. So we're two years away from it actually being a reality, I think, in a programmatically served environment. Um, 
yeah, certainly to any yeah, great extent, that's for sure. So my last question for you is, what's next for Sports Tribal? Where are you going to take the business? Uh, scale is the, is the focus from, from now on. So I, I you know, regularly say to everyone, we've, we've built a party. We just need to tell people where it is and, and where to come. Um, I, I think there's probably about 100 people in here, so that's another 100 downloads today, I expect to happen. <laughs> At least we'll see a spike, don't you worry. Well, that's, this has been great, Joe. Thanks so much for yeah. spending time with us. You'll be back on the panel in just a moment. But for now, thank Cheers. you very much. Thanks. This podcast is a production of Endscreen Media, all rights reserved.